We go and grab a quick bite. We watch a movie, then fight. We're the Fast Food Film Friends. You're listening to Fast Food Film Friends, a show where we review fast food while wearing blindfolds so that our opinions can be as fair and unbiased as possible, and so that Kevin and I don't have to look at each other's ugly ass faces. That's correct, Nathan. This week we'll be talking about Bird Box, which is the latest Netflix documentary about the big match between Floyd Mayfeather and Manny Pacquiao, and we'll be eating KFC's Chicken Big Box Meal. That is right. We'll be reviewing not one, but two boxes of birds tonight. From IMDb, the plot summary of Bird Box reads as follows. Five years after an ominous, unseen presence drives most of society to suicide, a mother and her two children make a desperate bid to reach safety. Yeah, that's pretty spot on. And from KFC.com, the chicken big box meal contains three pieces of original recipe chicken, an individual serving of the Colonel's famous mashed potatoes and gravy, a side of freshly prepared coleslaw, one biscuit, and a medium drink. That is a lot. Three whole pieces of chicken. I hope you're hungry. I am hungry, but I'm surprised that you get all of that. Normally you have to kind of pick and choose at KFC. You kind of get one side, you may or may not get a biscuit depending on what you order. I'm excited. I love a lot of their food. I'm a big KFC guy. I don't go there a lot, but I'm a big fan. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty consistent. I feel like anything you get there is going to be at least pretty good. Yes. I did have one bad experience at KFC when it was they were doing uh, pickled chicken. Uh, it was literally like they had taken their normal chicken and just dumped an entire jar of pickle sauce on top of it. And it was the soggiest. Uh, it still tasted good, though. But it was so soggy and just drenched, literally sitting in a puddle of pickle juice. So the premise of this movie, Bird Box, is that people have to wear blindfolds because Mm -hmm. if their eyes catch a glimpse Mm -hmm. of this mysterious entity, they'll feel compelled to kill themselves. Yes. My question to you is, do you think that that entity is the 2019 Golden Globes? (laughs) Uh, I... I've done nothing but contemplate suicide since I watched the 2019 Golden Globes. (laughs) I've been able to control it, but just barely... As we discussed a few episodes ago, the Golden Globes probably aren't something uh, worth harming yourself over, mm. but uh, Bohemian Rhapsody beating A Star is Born is the biggest travesty since, you know, Manny Pacquiao took uh, out Mayfeather that night. Yeah, that was a big uh, big fight. A lot of beaks being thrown around in that one. Now, Nathan, I want to get to both of these bird boxes uh, as quickly as we can, but before we dive into either, let's, uh, let's hop into some nimble news. It's been a while. You let's know? do it. Nimble News. Nimble News is the part of the show where we review all things new as quickly as we can do. New music, shows, purchases, experiences, or even new food or movies that we don't have time for in our main discussion. Kevin, are you ready? I am ready. And go. I watched the 2018 movie A Simple Favor. Uh, It was directed by Paul Feig, the director of Bridesmaids, stars Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively, who both gave solid performances and totally make you buy into their characters. The movie has several unexpected twists and turns and kept me interested until the very end. It almost made my top 10 movies of 2018 list, but the one thing that kept it out was the lighting. Paul Feig seemingly likes to make his movies and light them like the sitcoms he often directed, wrote for, or produced. Most scenes felt like a soap opera, and after a while it took me out of this otherwise enthralling film. I recently watched Definitely Maybe, a 2008 romantic drama starring Ryan Reynolds, and it taught me a valuable lesson. If you're a wishy-washy dude, your deepest desires will be rewarded eventually, whether it's through luck destiny, the hard work of others, or the fact that you withheld a very valuable item from the woman who you've been keeping in your back pocket for 10 years as a contingency plan in case this whole marriage thing doesn't work out. 
I received some Tommy John boxer briefs for Christmas, and my nether regions have never been more comfortable. The fabric is otherworldly and allows even my meaty, hairy legs to be extremely comfortable in boxer briefs. I'm not a fan of the horizontal flap in the front, but nothing's perfect, right guys? I listened to Post Malone's latest single called Wow, and my overall impression of the track could be summed up by its title. I've been rewatching the series Catastrophe on Amazon to get caught up for the new season that just premiered in the UK and is coming soon to the US. Again, Rob Delaney and Sharon Horgan wrote and star in this dark and hilarious take on real life. The humor is outrageous at times, but the tender loving moments really balance it out. It's some of the best and most raw writing I've encountered, and I cannot recommend Catastrophe enough to everybody from every background. You will find something to relate to. I played a board game called Jungle Speed, which involves flipping over cards that contain various symbols and then racing your opponents to grab a wooden totem in the middle of the table when your symbols match. It's a ton of fun, keeps you on your toes for every second, but be sure to play with people who've recently trimmed their fingernails, or else they will most likely be bloodshed. I watched the 2017 often unmentioned movie The Little Hours. It's directed by the writer of I Heart Huckabees and Joshi, another great indie film. This movie has an insane cast, including Alison Brie, Dave Franco, Aubrey Plaza, John C. Riley, Molly Shannon, Nick Offerman, Fred Armisen, and Kate Micucci, I'm going to go with. The cast is off the charts, like I said, and the premise is as well. It's set in a convent in 1347, the Middle Ages, and is loosely based on stories from the Decameron. The juxtaposition of the Middle Ages with modern-day English is hilarious, and the plot is ridiculous. This movie flew under my radar, but is one of the funniest movies I've seen in years, and I don't know if I've ever laughed out loud as much in any other movie than this one. Get on it. I got some Apple AirPods for Christmas, and they're so comfortable that I oftentimes forget that I still have them in my ears long after I've stopped listening to music. The other day, I went to hop in the shower after a workout. I got completely undressed, and I just happened to walk past a mirror on my way to the shower, which is when I saw the AirPods were still in my ears. They're so good that you'll almost electrocute yourself. Well, that's all the time we have for Nimble News today. Let's jump in to both of our bird boxes. First impressions. We have not yet opened our boxes. These are heavy, and they smell fantastic. They smell fantastic. I would say, so normally if I'm going to KFC and I get a box meal, it's about half this size. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a double KFC box, it looks like, size-wise. It smells so good. Now these run uh, $8.99. Oh, I was going to ask you what the cost was. It's so I mean, I feel like on a, you know, on a typical KFC run, I'm probably going to share this with somebody. Yeah, it's, it's a, a lot, lot of food. It is. Um, let's open this up. It's a good entree though. This is like an entree if you go to a country family style restaurant. Oh yeah, this is, you're getting everything. Ooh, you got three pieces of chicken. I will say these side dishes, um, the actual things they come in, are smaller. Than the ones that I'm used to. I think that all three sides, the coleslaw, the potatoes, and the biscuit, are all pretty small. Yes, I would agree. I think, um, but again, you're getting three pieces of chicken. You're getting all of this. So combined, it's still a hearty meal, but this is definitely a smaller coleslaw, definitely a smaller mashed potatoes than normal. All right, uh, do you want to start with the chicken? Yeah, should we, are we going to take our blindfolds off, or are we going to keep? Oh, let's do that right now, yeah. Okay. Oh, God. Did, oh, oh, my. Man. The fuck did you do to your hair today? Got a haircut. I don't even want to look. I just want to eat this right now. I got a cut um, by Sandra Bullock wearing a blindfold, so that could explain it. What are you going for? Are you going for chicken first? I am. I'm very tempted to go for biscuit first, but fine. Can we just get back to the podcast in like 10 minutes when I'm done devouring all of this chicken? <laughs> 
I feel like a Neanderthal in the best way possible. I um I want to tear this apart and suck every bone clean of meat. Like those eleven herbs and spices, whatever they're putting in that mix, is so tasty. Like this has been, you know, it sat in your car on your way here. Uh, we set up our billion dollar studio, which takes a couple minutes, um, and it's still so good. Like it's just so good. There's a reason. They built a restaurant around this chicken, and it's been going strong for decades. For me, it's really, it's the breading. I mean, the oh, yeah. the meat itself is good. I mean, it's chicken. Yeah, and I mean, you can definitely do chicken wrong. It It's good chicken. Mm-hmm. But it's just, man, that, that skin, that just, that every little crunch you yep. get. Full of flavor. It's so good. How many people do you think know the Colonel's secret recipe? I don't know about all time, but he's definitely had to kill everyone that figured it out. That's why they have to keep changing Colonel Sanders in the commercials. And it was Norm MacDonald, and now he got assassinated. Of course. Sad. Yeah, Jason Alexander. Definitely won't be a Seinfeld reboot anytime soon. No, dead. You think everything in Kentucky is fried like this? I know most of their brains are, but I'm not sure if everything outside of that is. I'll volunteer for that. Mm. You want to go down there and check it out? When are you and I taking the show on the road? Uh, probably once we get our driver's license back um, from all of those DWIs we have. <laughs> yeah, I can steal my uncle's CDL. <laughs> Bring back a year's supply. Was he a uh, pumpkin pumpkin driver, typically, <laughs> from East East Peoria? I'd love to use my computer and get to my notes, um, by the way, but... My hands are so greasy. Are you done with your chicken? I have destroyed every ounce of chicken on the bones. The boxes in front of us kind of look like the aftermath of some kind of post-apocalyptic event. What seems to be 200 plus bones in this carcass. Yeah. This cold, delicious smelling carcass Mm -hmm. in front of us. But uh, next to that is a lot of food that we still got to chow down on. So do you want to do potatoes next? I think we go to potatoes just because if they get cold, they're not going to be as good. The slaw is going to be fine at room temp. Let's go for it. Let's do it. Do you think they're real mashed potatoes? They're ridiculously creamy. That's what I'm saying. Is I don't know how they would do that. with unless I guess they probably have industrial mashers. So a while back, you and I reviewed the KFC Famous Bowl, mm-hmm. which is basically a bowl of mashed potatoes with some you know chicken and corn and cheese mixed in. Yes. I personally think that the KFC mashed potatoes work really well as a base mm-hmm. with something else in them. And that on their own, I think they're just fine. Really? I'm actually not that big a fan of their potatoes. I'm a big fan of the gravy. Um, I also think, you know, you're, most of the time when you're eating these potatoes, it's not alone. It's You're eating a, a you know, a, basically the KFC bowl, but you're eating things separately. So normally, as a child... When I wasn't reviewing things for a podcast, I'd take a bite of chicken, maybe leave a little in my mouth to mix with some mashed potatoes, get some texture in there, uh, you know, shake things up a bit. Um, So I feel you. I just, I don't know. I feel like this has nostalgic value for me, and I'm never going to not like that taste. Now, before we go into our opinions on Bird Box, I want to talk about what a phenomenon this movie has been. Yes. So... Netflix is typically very secretive about 
their streaming numbers. Mm -hmm. They don't like to tell people how many users are watching something. Even the people who made the movie, they don't like to tell. But they recently announced that in the first week after Bird Box was released, 45 million users watched Bird Box. So that could be even multiple people watching on the same account. But Mm -hmm. at least 45 million people watch Bird Box. They say that anybody who watches at least 70% of the movie, that counts as one view. Okay. Now, just, just to ballpark something here for you. If 45 million people went to a theater and paid, let's say, 8 bucks to see a movie, that movie would have raked in $360 million in its first week. Which is, that doesn't happen. No. Like, even like something like Avengers Infinity War, yeah. in its first week is, at least in the United States, is more between 200 and $300 million. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, so Netflix, obviously, is a worldwide yes. company, so this is, you know, this is a little different. Yeah. And I think the fact that it is on Netflix and not in a theater, that you can watch it naked at home uh, while you're doing handstands or standing 69s, um, you know, drive a lot of people to watch this who wouldn't normally go to a theater. They're not very keen on standing 69 in movie theaters. (laughs) At least in my experience is what I've found. Um, You're going to the wrong theaters. (laughs) Apparently. The idea of this movie, like the premise and that visual of like a family wearing the blindfolds, it's very striking. Yeah. It's the kind of thing that you know sticks in your mind. Mm-hmm. The title is short and memorable. Short. Perfect for marketing. Perfect for hashtags. It's true. Now, one one more thing I want to touch on here too, Sandra Bullock. Yeah. I think a lot of people, like for example, my mom, who's a little older, um, go through Netflix. They don't watch things. They don't jump into something they don't know. But. For example, Christmas Chronicles was also big because Kurt Russell's on the cover, and the older generations know that. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people who have Netflix who maybe aren't as active users, aren't as young, they're older, they're watching reruns of their old shows or something like that, they see Sandra Bullock, they're going to watch it because they think she makes trustworthy stuff or at least decent stuff. She's a big enough star where that's probably a good movie. I think she had a huge part in this big turnout. Another great example of that last year was Bright with Will Smith. Yes, absolutely, which I never watched because it looked fucking terrible. Same. But numbers-wise, it did great. But So the premise of Bird Box is great. It's marketable. And whether or not the movie lives up to that premise is a different story entirely. But regardless, this feels like the sort of cinematic event that only happens maybe once or twice a year in theaters. And this is like the kind of movie that is so big that whether or not you're genuinely interested in watching it, you want to be a part of the conversation surrounding it. Yes, I agree with you uh, to an extent. I do feel like, however... A lot of these views that this movie got were almost ironic. I feel like people saw the memes, people saw all the hashtags, people saw the chatter online, they said... And most of them are, like, making fun of the movie. I mean, a lot of them are mocking the movie, making fun of the plot. Yeah. um, Kind of saying that it's not the best movie in the world. Uh, But it drew people to watch it because everyone's talking about it. It's... Mm -hmm. And that's... It really blew my mind after I watched this movie. I was like, that shouldn't be this big of a movie. And I was like, God, the internet and social media shape what our culture focuses on so much so much that this movie that blew up it was i think timing too over the holidays was huge the Mm -hmm. fact that it came out over the holidays yeah um but just because tons of people are talking about a movie not even raving or like giving it great reviews but they're just talking about it there's so much noise around it that it drove so many different demographics in our culture to go watch this movie and it, it, it just, it kind of scares me in all honesty, like how much power memes on the internet have. Well, the fear of missing out, FOMO, oh, yeah. is very, very real, it especially is. for our generation. Yeah. And companies like Netflix can use that to their advantage. Yeah. They know what they're doing and they understand the marketing power of memes. Mm-hmm. And I was actually reading today about how 
right before the movie was released, Netflix teamed up with some like well-known gamers who yeah. do Twitch streaming. They sent them packages, basically, you know, promotional boxes that included some blindfolds. Swag bags. They explain, you know, do the bird box challenge, you know, play some video games wearing a blindfold, see how well you can do. Yeah. And all it takes is a gentle push for something to snowball because what happens is that people see their favorite influencers doing something like that. Yeah. They're talking about it on social media. Mm-hmm. They might try to replicate it. They might post a video of themselves doing something wearing yeah. a blindfold and use that hashtag. Once it's trending online, other content creators see that mm-hmm. and they realize that there's a demand for these types of videos and it's a cycle that just completely takes over the internet. Yes. And then inevitably, people take the challenge to new limits. They do stupider stuff. Yep. Like, a video that I've actually seen where a guy is driving in traffic and films himself putting a blindfold over his eyes. And then Netflix puts out a tweet urging people not to hurt themselves with the... With the Doing the hashtag bird box challenge. And then that tweet that Netflix posts goes totally viral. So many news articles. And because of how you know insane it is that the memes about a movie have gotten so out of control that the company behind the movie has to post about it. But it's not insane. Yeah. It's... All part of a very well-executed yeah. marketing plan yes. for a film that I think most people who watched it would not have given a shit about if Correct. it was a normal movie in theaters. Correct. I think I had a big revelation. I wrote this down in my notes. And yes, I had some wine while I watched this movie. But I kind of had this big revelation that <clears throat> this example of Bird Box blowing up, not being the best movie in the world, and blowing up so big, uh, just totally to me represented our news cycle in the news media today. They focus on whatever is being talked about the most on social media. They hit on it hard. Any new bit or any extra bit that comes out, like the Netflix tweet that they can write 20 more articles on that will they'll get more clicks on, they're going to focus on, they're going to talk about, they're going to talk about, they're going to talk about, they're going to talk about. And then the second something new comes along, the second there's another thing that people are talking about more, it's gone. It's done for. Mm-hmm. In two, three weeks, nobody's going to think about Bird Box ever again. And that, it just really kind of made me realize that how our culture's focus is being shifted so quickly based on such arbitrary points of interest and information is honestly scary because the internet is not what we should be basing our choices and opinions off of. Like if a bunch of people on the internet were like, you need to watch this movie, you need to watch this movie. I'd probably sure. Maybe I'd watch it, but I don't want that to be the case for like my news or uh, the information that I actually need. I don't want to be shaped by what strangers on the internet are talking about the most. It's scary. Well, and there's there's been allegations, no proof, but suspicion that Netflix created bot Twitter accounts. Oh, I believe to, that. To post these memes, and like I believe it. I mean, this is this goes back to some of the biggest problems going on in our world right now in yeah. in politics yeah. and in all of media. Yes, and it's. It is media literacy is so important. Mm-hmm. It's it's an important thing to teach our children, and oh. that's it's so sad that parents. we need to. Yeah, absolutely. People, I mean, our generation, yours and mine. Yeah, we've had technology since we were like teenagers. We've been able to like we were internet savvy, and and even people our age still get fooled by this stuff. But I think one thing I remember specifically is we kind of came up with the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, we were the last generation to be born without the internet. We grew up with the growing up of the internet and there was so much fear around that that I remember literally taking classes in school saying this is how you identify uh, good information you know you check for sources you find opposing viewpoints there were literal classes that I took in school to tell me how to analyze information that I see on online or see randomly um, and I feel like our parents generation and the younger generation just came up with it and were exposed to it and don't think as critically as they should yeah um, God, we're getting way into social issues. I mean, and, and it sounds like this, like, better than that attitude of, like, oh, like, we, we've got this figured out more than anybody else. But, like, 
I still get fooled by things. Oh, yeah. My peers still get fooled by things. Yep. There are people, and most importantly, companies who understand the psychology of the internet and mm-hmm. how to trick people mm-hmm. into, I mean, what people are doing online for Bird Box is giving Netflix free marketing. Oh, and of course, there's tons of people who genuinely, you know, they see some funny posts from their friends and they want to partake in it. They want yeah. to just join in the conversation. It's fun. Yeah. It's, it's, that's, that's one of the best things about entertainment is getting into... is Bonding over it. Yeah. Yeah. But like, we may never know how much of that is real. Mm-hmm. How much of that is just, is totally manufactured. Yep. And again, Netflix announces their streaming numbers. There's no third parties who are able to tell if that's true. Yeah. That yeah. could be complete bullshit. Could be. They could just be making this up and saying, hey, this is such a big deal. 45 million people watch this in the first week. Why didn't you? Exactly. Yeah. So as cynical as we sound, I still want to be able to, you know, sit down and have an honest conversation about our thoughts on the film because it was made by, you know, filmmakers, actors, and writers who what? were genuinely trying to make a good film. Yeah. And so that being said, what did you think of Bird Box? <laughs> you know, the last... So I took, let's see here, one, two, three... Four and a half pages of notes, um, and I probably almost finished a bottle of wine during it. The last bit that I have written in huge letters across almost half a page is just the word terrible. Uh, and I think that sums up how I feel about this movie. <laughs> the, the lack of advancement out, or out of this situation for the characters and the amount of plot holes alone were mind-numbing. It, it starts hot. This movie has a hot start. Yeah. I like. I was like, did I miss something? Do I need to rewind? <laughs> She's just yelling at her kids already about this? It's a very hot start. So I got into it initially. I, I got into it. But after that first scene where she's talking to kids, half the movie is ruined by the trailer. I was going to totally say, I, so I've said many times on this show, mm-hmm. I try to avoid trailers. I've seen some ads for this movie here and there, but I haven't just sat down and watched the whole trailer. I went back and watched it after having seen the movie, yeah. and I was like angry at the stuff yeah. that they spoiled. And I wasn't even personally spoiled, but I'm like, why would you take away those moments from people? Big moments, all the biggest moments. But I was like, what? You left nothing. You left nothing. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I mean, we'll get into the plot holes and things in our spoiler section that I just realized we don't have a snack for. Um, but God damn it, Nathan! How many times? How many times can we eat eyeball gumballs? I literally had $19 to my name yeah, that's when I got these boxes. I owe you some money, too. Um, we'll get into all the plot holes and everything later, but it's like so much was ruined by the trailer, and the plot doesn't have much to it already. Yeah. So the fact that they expose some of the most climactic moments are like terrible, oddly terrible marketing for a movie that was marketed incredibly well. <laughs> um, so I was very unimpressed with this movie. I... It would be like if somebody handed me one of these KFC bird boxes and I was all excited and then I opened it up and they'd already eaten all the chicken. I would be pissed. It just wasn't what I expected it to be. What were your thoughts, Narth? Here's what I think. I think that there is one major positive to be taken away from this movie. John Malkovich. Uh, I actually thought he was fine. I mean, nobody's a shining star with a script like this, that's for sure. I just like John Malkovich. I thought Sandra Bullock was very good in this movie. I... I think she's great. And I think without her, this would have been an absolutely forgettable B-movie that... Do you think her performance was that good? I think it was pretty good. The parts of this movie that I enjoyed the most are when the movie is like a like a quiet 
more intimate drama with yeah. her and her family. Mm-hmm. Because that's when her performance shines. And So like, you, wh- like, you like the scenes on the river more than the scenes with her and other people. Right, and then and what I care most about was seeing her character's growth, her relationship with her kids. But unfortunately, what there's very growth? there. That's my point. I I liked what there was, but there was very little okay. of it. All there right. was almost none. Yeah. And so overall, I dislike this film very much. And I it's just <laughs> it, it's it's one of those it's one of those movies where I, I I see bits that I really do enjoy. I think to myself, if this just had better writing yeah. and a stronger cast and was really telling a different story. Maybe, maybe like this a was a totally different movie. Like a sprinkling of logic maybe or reasoning. <laughs> um, that would be nice as well. But okay. So right off the bat you set yourself like this movie starts with a bang. The first 10 minutes I was actually very into it. Yes. It's, there's, but you hadn't seen the trailer. No I hadn't. That's, yeah. That is a good distinction. Yeah. I, I really didn't know what I was in for. I knew the basic premise but yeah. I did not expect to be thrown into it the way I was. Yeah. And then after that initial craziness, which yep. is honestly over with after the 10-minute mark, yep. the, t- the first two-thirds of the movie are just a total drag. Yeah. I do not get why there's so many characters. It's two literally just leave in the middle. Like, it's not even a big <laughs> And it deal. doesn't affect anything. It's, they're they're like, like, well, <laughs> that's that. We'll keep doing what we're going to do. Like, there's way too many. It's when, like, when all the characters convened and there's like nine of them, I'm like, yeah. all right, something big has to cut this in half well, instantly. It's funny because like they're in, there's people in the house, Sandra Bullock's in the street, lady goes out to get Sandra Bullock, and you think it's like that lady, her husband, and one other guy in the house. They get Sandra in the house, and there's like a circus of people <laughs> around the table like, hey, we're just at this random house too. It was on a busy corner. And it's like, what, what are you doing letting all these people in? A... I get letting people in to help people in a dangerous situation, but in this situation, personally, I would be very hesitant, and I definitely wouldn't let, like, 20 people into my house. Yeah. If I'm writing a script, I'd be like, probably don't need that many. Probably not. Because the more characters there are, the less room there is for any of them to do anything interesting, and the less that you care about all of them. Yeah, the less you get to know any of their characters or backstories or reasons for being at this fucking house. Yeah. So, throughout this, you know, the, the... first half two-thirds of the movie which yeah. i overall didn't enjoy mm-hmm. there's little flash forwards yeah. little like glimpses into five years in the future uh-huh. and if those flash forwards were not there i would have 100 percent checked out of this movie oh absolutely the only thing keeping me going was knowing that we were eventually going to end up somewhere yeah that was interesting i do think that was a smart way to go about it because like you said the story of the house pretty lackluster why do we spend so much time there? I don't know. I don't like they could have cut twenty minutes out of that and give me another twenty minutes at the end with some fucking events or closure or Easily. next steps. The house stuff I don't think should have taken up more than maybe thirty to forty minutes of the movie. Tom. We should have I, I really wish that we could have like gotten a few different time periods yeah. to understand the growth. Like it would be it would be so much more compelling to see what is it like having two like toddlers yeah. in this world? You yes, know? Exactly. that would be so much cooler than just saying, "Here we are now." Yep. Five years later, you have children who can actually kind of take care of themselves. Yes, children. I want like the the most interesting parts of this movie were the ones where it was just like seeing how people cope with everyday problems yeah. without being able to see. Yeah, how do you drive somewhere? Don't t- that fucking scene. 
I took a full page and a half notes, and it's just me ranting <laughs> about how ridiculous that fucking scene is. I could not... That is the most absurd scene I've ever seen in a movie. The most unrealistic scene I've ever seen in a movie. Made me literally angry. I... Like, oh, can we get into that? Can we I, please I get really want to wait till spoilers to get into like the, the minute oh, details of the God, story, but I, scene. but I can't wait to talk that about it. Fucking scene. So before we do move on to spoilers, um, this movie, it is inevitable that it will be compared to A Quiet Place. Well, that's the thing. Now everyone's making jokes like, what, wouldn't this movie coming out when you, you can't smell? <laughs> right. And you know, Bird Box came out soon enough that... Obviously, this isn't just like a... It's not like somebody saw A Quiet Place and was like, oh, I'm going to make this movie no, now. It was too soon. Yep. But it's also so far apart that it feels like that. It feels like, yep. oh, yeah, that was that movie I saw last year. Yep. This is just like it. Yeah. Except Bird Box is not nearly as good. No. And so and it's just inviting that comparison. Yeah. I think I think you do make an interesting point with the uh, children, though, because you, you start... The movie starts, and they're kids who can clearly take orders. They listen well. Um, they go by boy and girl. Which I think is, uh, you know, pretty sad. Uh, that was like one of the one of the only emotional things I felt in this movie was like the fact that they don't have names because there's just no purpose. There's no mm-hmm. purpose. They're not going to meet other kids, like she says. Um, but it would be so interesting to see them navigate that world with a baby, having to get diapers, yeah. uh, having to get baby food, like having to take care of a fucking baby. What if the baby gets sick? Like, and then training that baby. That like the childhood of those kids would be so much more fascinating to watch. Than anything that happens in that fucking house. Yeah. And I actually think, for me personally, those last like 30 minutes or so, there was actually a handful of moments that kind of got me, that were emotional. And that's what I'm saying. If if this had been a movie about a mother and her two children and how she raises them in this world, I actually might have really liked this movie. Maybe. But like at the same time, I feel like I also like saw enough. Yeah. Like this could have been a short film. No. And I and I would have gotten more enjoyment from it. I think you could have cut this. I think we could cut this into a fifteen-minute movie, uh, and it would be better <laughs> and better across the board. So uh, you and I haven't even touched our coleslaw or our biscuit yet. I'm saving my coleslaw for our spoiler snack because I think that's a good option. That's actually a good plan. Yeah. yeah. So uh, and I think the biscuit is usually my little treat when I get a KFC box because I love them so much. So that counts as a little sweet spoiler snack. I'm on board for that. All right. Now, how long do you think you would last in this world? Fucking forever. This is not a. This is what I don't understand about this movie. I would live forever because it's not hard to keep your eyes closed. There's literally nothing other than like whispers of people in your ears. All you have to do is keep your eyes closed. You can wear a blindfold that you can still see out of. Like we get point of view from behind a blindfold shots that you can still roughly see out of and get around pretty well. And all you have to do is not open your eyes. It's not that hard. There's nothing outside that's going to grab you and take you. There's leaves blowing around in the wind. And that's like what people run from. Why are they running? Keep your eyes closed and you can stay wherever the hell you want. You can go about a normal day with a loose blindfold over your eyes. That's what I don't get about this whole thing. It's so dumb. Yeah, it's it's very, very inconsistent with like what exactly, how, how much sunlight needs to be in your eyes in yeah. order for it. In order for you to like succumb to this, I'll end my non-spoiler thoughts by saying that this movie is not scary. No. In the least. Not at all scary. If you're looking for that, go, look elsewhere. Go anywhere else. But uh, we need to get into our spoiler segment. Before we do that, let's uh, hear a word from our sponsor. 
This week's episode is brought to you by Smart Fridges. Are you a rich person with no personality who loves to be defined by the newest gadgets? Well, then you're our main target market. To find yourself even more whenever somebody visits your house by showing them that you can add to a digital grocery list by talking to your fridge. Show them how you can literally tweet from your fridge. And when you're laying on your kitchen floor weeping due to your never-ending soul-crushing loneliness, you can ask your smart fridge to play Tom York's entire discography. Smart fridges, making you seem slightly more interesting to the few people who can still tolerate you. And we're back and it's time for our spoiler snack segment, the part of the show where we spoil the entire movie. And we uh, eat a snack, and this week our snack is the coleslaw and biscuit from our chicken bird box. That's right. <laughs> because this is a lot of food, and we got to pace ourselves. That's true. Um, I've realized there's really not much to spoil in this movie. Like, everyone pretty much knows the entire plot. For and, the most part, yeah. And nothing changes. There's like, when people die is the only thing to spoil. I think, uh, so I kind of want to like go in order of some, of some specific Let's thoughts. So the, the first moment that made me very angry in this movie was like two minutes in Mm -hmm. when sandra bullock and her sister are in the hospital not even then they're at the apartment yeah and on tv there's like a news report Mm -hmm. that like tens of thousands of people across the world are killing themselves it was only in russia so they thought they were safe literally they didn't know the craziest thing in the history of the world is happening and she's like "Eh." yeah i agree (laughs) terrible they literally show like a graphic too of like a big arched arrow going from Russia to Alaska. Like, <laughs> this could happen. We don't know what's causing it, but we're guessing. This could go to the Palin household, <laughs> and we don't gonna, know where it's going to spread from there. It's going to go about 500 feet up in the air and come right down on Alaska. <laughs> is what I would assume. Like that news graphic was such bullshit. Uh, but yeah, it's like don't don't leave your house. Maybe maybe wait until they do know what it is, uh, or if they know it's worldwide. I did like. And by like, I mean hate, but I love to make fun of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lady in the hospital, who's the first one that they see affected, who's banging her head into the glass in the skyway. Yep. I think they thought the viewers of this movie would be like 12-year-old meme lords. So the only way they draw your attention to this woman and make you like notice her more than other people is that she's wearing like a bright pink velvet full tracksuit. And she stands out from everyone who's dressed normally so much that you're like, oh, I should pay attention to that lady. Uh, and then she comes back and it's still the pink velvet suit, but she's bashing her head in the window. But it's like they draw so much attention to her by making her everyone else is in like bland, neutral colors, normal clothes, pink velour jumpsuit. I think that's a masterful direction to guide your eye <laughs> through the frame like that. They sure guided my eye. So there's a uh, I, th- I think it might be the first casualty in the house is like the homeowner. The homeowner's wife. Well, in the house. Yeah, yeah. in the John house. Malkovich's wife goes pretty in a very scary way. Yeah. Sits in a burning car. But then the, so the guy who they tie down to the chair, which yeah. I, I love how like, there's of course like the smart guy who thinks he understands this and he's like, yeah. oh no, it's fine. But then there was absolutely zero reason for anyone to leave the room. That's what I didn't understand either. It's like, like why don't <laughs> let's we let him, like if we're going to experiment with this, maybe let's try to yeah. watch it unfold. And see how it works. And people, they're not even like outside of the door just to like. No. They're just like going about their th- they're doing some laundry. Let's let's you know let's head out real quick. I need to grab a few things. Like I didn't get that either. It's like watch what happens to him. Yeah. See what you know. In in the book, this is based off a book. You know that right? Yeah. In the book, apparently that guy tries a bunch of or like thinks of a bunch of other ideas, like using mirrors or like uh, looking through different things, like to make it not so you're directly looking. Mm-hmm. But it's like he's tied down to a chair. What is going to happen? Stay in the room. Why are you all leaving him 
It makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. Like, see you never. And then they hear like five big bangs, and they're still kind of like, should we? Should we like go up and check on him? Sounds like a lot of stuff's going on. And then they're finally like, yeah, we, we should. And then he dies, and then his there's like a pool of blood, and they're like grabbing it, like touching the blood. And I'm like, all right, at this point, they be. probably would be very cautious. Mm-hmm. About like we're not sure all the ways that this thing yeah, can could spread. Be blood, blood spread. I. It's just and even at that point, it's like what, just leave them. It's like it's like the end of the world. You're gonna, right. you're gonna clean that up. You're gonna you're gonna tidy that up. Bleach it. Like what are you doing? Get out of that fucking house and move on with the goddamn plot. Oh no, we'll stay here for weeks. Can we talk about how weird? And I I had kept hoping that there was gonna be like an explanation for this. How weird it is that another pregnant lady shows up with the same due date uh, as Sandra Bullock, and there's absolutely no meaning behind it. Like it's you, just like the laziest plot. Yeah, it's like I was like, oh, I wonder if she's gonna be like a demon or something. She's gonna be part of this plan. She's gonna let out like a demon baby, and it's gonna kill all of them or something. Nope. I was actually kind of expecting. I was like, all right. So at this point, it seems like painfully obvious that the two children are, you know, one of Sandra Bullock's and one of those other women's. And I'm thinking, oh, they're, they're probably going to surprise us. It's probably mm-hmm. not going to be that. And that's what's yeah. going to actually be the whole point of this is that, like, oh, actually, maybe, like, one of their children died or something like that. Yeah. And the other one had twins. Yeah. Or, and, like, yeah. I thought there would be some kind of, like, some kind of little swerve like no. that. But not at all. It no was just swerves. exactly what you thought no it was going to be. in this movie. Uh, this movie made me realize so much that I can write a decent movie uh, <laughs> if I really wanted to. So uh, the, the car scene happens and uh they need some food they need some food in the middle of this i pause the movie and i turn to the person next to me who i was watching this with and then she said to me this is an exact quote it's not logical but it's awesome oh my god it's not either and then you know i I just i just carried that with me through the whole rest of the movie (laughs) and i thought i thought maybe maybe this will help me see something in a different light spoiler alert it did not the fact that they think a fucking like parking detection device can na- and a GPS can navigate them to the grocery store with all their windows taped over is the most mind-numbing piece of writing I've ever heard. It's chaos outside. Do you think the roads are not going to be filled with like bodies, cars, trucks that well, are flipped they're over? They're just speed bumps. Oh my god! And the fact that oh, there's just it's just so dumb. They're literally like they stop every now and then. They stop. And they're looking around. All of them are looking around the car. It's like, shut your fucking eyes. That's the, why are you looking around? Are you waiting for somebody to peel something off your windows? They're all, every one of them is looking around in every direction. It's like, that's the whole fucking point. Don't look around. Don't do it. And then the GPSs drive people into fucking lakes and rivers. Like, people have died by that. Do you trust a GPS that much to literally navigate you through chaos-filled streets to get to a grocery store? And they do it like it's fucking nothing after, like, one incident. <laughs> I lost it in that scene. There were actually a few times in the movie when I thought to myself that I want to see the comedic version of this movie. Oh, my God. Because, like, it would be such a great bit. And I, I guarantee, it's I don't know how happen. soon, like, SNL is coming back, but, like, they're going to make a skit about Bird Box. Absolutely. And, like... It's just perfect for like like if that if you actually were trying to use purely your car's GPS, you would be just running into mailboxes. Everything. You would be going every which way. Everything. It would be impossible to get anywhere other than just like straight down the street. Maybe. That's exactly. <laughs> it's so exactly. So it's so dumb. dumb. And it's like, 
the two people later on who leave the house, like, take that car and they're, like, banking everything on just navigating the world in a blacked out window. What are you going to do when you have to get gas? What are you going to do? That's just so dumb. And the thing, uh, it's like, you could fucking walk to the store with a blindfold on. It's nothing. It's not a thing. It's fucking wind. You have to open your eyes to be taken by this thing. Granted, sure, they don't know that yet, maybe. That's why they get in the car. It's false sense of security, but... Oh, my God. Actually, every time that we had these shots where it was showing what it looked like with the blindfold over the person's eyes, like that first person view, I thought to myself, like... I instantly want to do like what I used to do when I played heads up seven yeah, up peek out the and bottom. just and just look under the bottom. Yeah. But I'm like, there's there are so many parts where you see like they might see just a little glimpse of outside of a window yeah. or like like there's some light coming through. At like how much can I look Nobody until knows. it's lethal? Nobody <laughs> it's just that's that's what makes a quiet place so much better than this because any twig you step on, the monsters around you. You know you can't make a sound. This one is like you can kind of take a peek. You can see through your the like weaving of your blindfold and like make out shapes pretty clearly and get around and navigate a boat down a fucking river, uh, but don't take it out. Don't go don't go one millimeter too high, or you're going to kill yourself, or become like a a disciple of whatever the fuck it is and try to get other people to see. Okay, the whole Ugh. the whole disciple thing I just hated. I think that. The movie is at its absolute worst when there's these, like, aggressive external forces, like yeah. these disciples, or, like, I, the, at the end where you, it's kind of like this climax, and there's, it's just big gusts of wind and, like, loud noises. And, and I'm terribly like, done leaf CGI. Yeah. So bad. But, like, those are the threats that I care less about. Like I said, I what I mo- enjoyed most was just the the more simple people dealing with living in this world like the tasks you have to do is but like the disciples thing felt like it's like they had a, a version of this movie where they didn't have the disciples and they're like oh no like we just we just gotta like have some high energy some some scares it has to yeah. be has to be more of like a imminent threat i think so i agree with you to a certain point but because the rest of this movie fell so flat for me those like three times or four times where they interact with the people who have opened their eyes and seen and are trying to get them to see mm-hmm. i actually thought we're much more interesting than most of the film. So we disagree on that point. I think when they're in the water and that guy's trying to get him in the boat, I was like, man, what happens if these kids do not do well on their own as evidenced many times by not listening to simple directions and like doing pretty dumb things. That part in the grocery store when that guy almost got in, the birds were chirping. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the obviously the guy at their house and all those people who were driving around. But I thought those were, those were actually developments in the plot. Those were actually things happening. Granted, Nothing comes from them, but every time I was like, oh, maybe this will change the the course that is already so clearly outlined. Uh, never does. But it yeah. at least gave me a glimmer of hope. Yeah, I guess I just kind of saw them as more like, those are kind of like the most cliche horror moments of the movie to yeah. me. But, like, but at the same time, maybe cliche horror is what this movie needed to be more exciting. I don't know. It is. Let's, can, we, can we get into this coleslaw? Yeah, let's, 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 let's do it's it. It's been sitting here. It's getting sad. Are you a coleslaw guy in general? I'm a huge coleslaw guy. I am too. That's rare. It's actually probably whenever I'm going out to eat, mm-hmm. if I don't get like some kind of potato side, like a fry yeah. or like yeah. maybe like a chip or a tater tire or something, I'm going for the slaw. If they have slaw, I'm getting slaw is my rule of thumb. That's I love slaw. That's a, not a lot of slaw guys. I'm impressed. 
I actually graduated top of my class from law school. Oh, man. Did you pass the uh, salad bar? That concludes this episode. <laughs> I need a little salt and pepper, but other than that, this slaw is pretty... It's this, a sweeter slaw. This is good. It is good, though. It is good. They've been making the same slaw for decades, so they know what they're doing. Now, looking at... I'm eating this out of the box. and seeing all these um, chicken bones in my box makes me think of... Uh, how the fuck do those birds survive in that box? It makes no, They literally like fall into the water at one point. You mean those birds that are only there because they thought of the name before they thought of any of the rest of the plot? And they're like, oh shit, we have to throw birds in boxes in here somewhere? Yeah. And where the fuck are the other pets? You don't think like a dog would be good for this? Like to bark? Like, oh, apparently everyone got rid of all their pets. Like it's not right. like every house has dogs or cats. There's none. There's none in this whole movie. Just birds. Birds at the grocery store. Because does your local grocery store not have a bird section or a walkie-talkie <laughs> section or like, like what the? F- when she so again, I was unclear on the details of this movie before I saw it, and I did not understand the concept of the birds warning people. And when she like sees the cage of birds <laughs> and grabs it, and I was like, no, those are the worst animals. <laughs> <laughs> Why would of all animals? I'm just like, oh, she's like, oh, these, these would be nice to have. No, they're not nice to have. Put those back. But you can teach them to talk, which is kind of cool. Maybe she, you know, maybe she just wants to eat if, them initially. If the birds go to law school, Ooh, they can become paralegals. Paralegals that's on, a, on a hit podcast. Man, we got some good throwbacks today. Bringing uh, it all around. Just so dumb, though. Like I honestly, until the very end, didn't even. Because during this whole movie, the title had gone out of my mind. And then at like the end, when she looks in the bird box, I was like, oh, that's why it's called Bird Box. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, what a terrible movie. <laughs> what a terrible movie. Although I will say, I do think that another part of this movie that I genuinely liked, I really did like the reveal at the end. When you find out that like you realize blind people are, basically have superpowers in this world. That was actually, I if, thought, a, a pretty cool twist. I mean, if you consider uh, not killing yourself a superpower, we all have superpowers. Well, they're they're most fit for survival. Well, you that's know? a much better way to phrase it. Yes, I agree. And like, imagine, I mean, imagine the future of a world where like most people who are alive are blind. You know, but like the the world would completely change. But you'd, it, but you'd it's never even have to do your hair. It'd be great. It's cool that yes, blind people obviously have an advantage. It's cool that there's a very remote school for the blind right on a river in the middle of nowhere that has a great radio broadcasting system apparently. But like how I was saying earlier, how I wish the movie was mostly just her and her children yeah. and their and their long like their 5 years of struggle. They Imagine st- if, if this movie had been like pretty like isolated and quiet for a long time yeah. and then we ended up there that yeah. could have been a lot more powerful a lot more but they, we just ended up there not that long after we had just been you know in the house with everyone there were probably five minutes total between the house scenes and the end river scene where she's traveling around with tom and her kids literally like five minutes of quickly cut scenes in between other scenes yeah and it's like, I want to know so much more about that. And yeah. then he's gone, and they move on, and they're at the rim. Yeah. Like, it's way too quick. One of my biggest flaws, other than all the other flaws, Tom, her, the guy who she kind of falls in love with, I guess, is helping her raise the kids. Yeah. Uh, and her. They're both in, like, the best shape of any human I've ever seen. And it's like, 
where is he getting his protein powder and like pre-workout and what gym is he using that has windows like they're in great shape and it's like obviously they're not going to the fucking store every day well what are they doing they're taking care of two kids they're in one of the most depressing and like terrible situations you could be in you're not gonna have the fucking motivation to do like a six hour workout every day and they both have like phenomenal haircuts uh they're both still really well dressed like this has not slowed down their lives at all it seems like if you just look at them from the outside whereas in reality everyone else would be like shitting in a pot in the corner gaining 500 pounds because they're eating like cold soup out of a can or something every day like it's it's actually really interesting that you make all those like physical observations because I wasn't thinking of any of that. I, but I was thinking of all the character mm-hmm. changes that would have probably happened yeah. that I wasn't seeing. Yeah. So in, in both ways, it's just like they, they had barely changed as people. Yeah. And like five years as a as two Alone. adults and two kids, you would you would really change. You'd be those relationships. I wanna see those relationships and like how and there's a moment near the very end when, like, the, the mom is calling out to the daughter, and the daughter is, like, scared of her yeah. mom. Beca- and it's, She like, thinks it's the it's, voices from the monster. Well, and then the son kind of says, like, she's scared of you because this. And it's, oh, like, yeah. it's, it's kind of implied that, like, the daughter is generally afraid of the mom. Well, I think... But that's... I want to see that. I want to get that. I more. think we do. I think we understand why she's scared because you see how the mom talks to him from the very start. The mom says... If you do this, you die. If you don't listen to me, you die. Like, imagine how scared you'd be as a kid if your mom, your entire childhood, was giving you step-by-step instructions every minute of every day to not die. And if you didn't listen to one, you would die. And every time you stepped out of line or did something, she would freak out, have an emotional breakdown. Like, yeah. I, think, I think we do get to see why she's scared. I think there could have been a much larger story to why she was scared, you know? Right. She snapped one day after getting in a fight with Tom or something like that. Like... They could have done so much more. And, and actually that, that the, you know, when Tom is talking to the kids about like the things they want to do and then yes, she comes in and it's like kids. that, the idea of that, of like, do we, are we realists or do we give our kids hopes and dreams? Yeah. That's actually a fascinating I idea. Like I did like that. I, I wish they had built on that so much. I know. They just like leave it after that conversation. Like I want so badly for the last half hour of this movie to have been the entire story, but with much, much richer background. Like I, yes. I, I just want that. Yeah. I think from the start, you know, because she names them girl and boy, that she has lost hope for society. Mm-hmm. She's just trying to keep herself and her kids alive. And it's so clear that she's just going through the motions. I feel like she's not giving them hope. She's telling them how to not die every minute of every day. Whereas Tom, you know, talks about, games he used to play things he used to do with his friends what they mm-hmm. could do with their friends in the future um and yeah they there's just there's so there are a few little points where you think oh man that's an interesting like juxtaposition of viewpoints i, I wonder what happens there mm-hmm. when you're together for five fucking years eh, who knows we don't have time to write about that yeah i just wanted more and uh speaking of wanting more oh my we got a part. biscuit to eat right now my favorite part these are gonna be cold and i see that you didn't get the packets of butter which is a little upsetting now see i like to dip my skit in either my potatoes or my slaw normally because i like a little you're tato- a you're skit and slaw guy i'm a skit and slaw guy big time if you could give me a slaw skit sandwich man i'd be all over it I'm going to start a food truck that does Strictly Sloskits, and it's going to be called... Can you guess what it's going to be called? Strictly Sloskits. 
Try it. Dip it in that little slaw of yours. Mm. I guarantee you'll like it. You're a slaw guy. You're a skit guy. Sign me up. You like it? You wanna, it's pretty good. You want to invest in this food truck idea that I have? You really can't go wrong with a nice biscuit like this. No. You know what it reminds me of, actually? What's that? McDonald's breakfast biscuits that come with the big breakfast. Mm-hmm. Similar skit quality. But they're just good. They used to come with a ketchup-like packet of butter, though. Do you remember that? Mm. A literal, like, you know, a standard ketchup packet. It was filled with some kind of ungodly butter uh, that you could just squeeze out onto your skit. And it was magnifique. I heard my favorite, uh, possibly my favorite line ever about uh, butter. It's uh, secrets are like margarine. Easy to spread, but bad for the heart. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure whatever was in those butter packets was not good for the heart. But very easy to spread. Can I ask what you got to drink with your big box, too? Because that is part of the big box. I got myself a mist twist. Mm. What did you get? Is that just Sierra Mist rebranded? It is. I think they... I think there was, like, a significant ingredient change. I want to mm. say that they're doing, like, some some different kind of sugar. All I know is that it's definitely not as good as it used to be. Oh, wow. Uh, I asked you... You asked me what I wanted uh, when you were in the drive-thru, and I texted and said, Tea thinking they had like a, a sweet tea like Popeye's does. But you got me this very exotic uh, raspberry? It is raspberry. Raspberry tea. The right? options were raspberry or mango. And I hate mango. I hate mango. So you did make the right call, but this is very strange. You are lucky that I am an empathetic co-host because I love mango, and as soon as the guy said mango, I was about to opt for that. Well, you but I, I know you. I know you deeply. I know you in your heart and, most importantly, in your stomach. Yeah. I know that you would have been upset with me if I had gotten a mango iced I mean, tea. You, you could have gotten the mango for yourself. You realize that, right? You had two drinks. I guess we don't need to get into details. Next let's just time. Let's just bird box it and not think about the logic behind it all and move on and talk more it's about it. It's not logical, but it's awesome. It's not awesome either. Do you have anything else to say about this movie before we wrap up? <laughs> it is so clear to me that this movie is only big because of the marketing and the memes that it scares me. For the future of the world. It scares me that a movie this bad is as big as it is and as talked about as it is. It scares me that we're doing a fucking podcast about it right now because it's so bad. And it's just... Well, see, and, and when a movie of any kind is a big success, what that tells Make movie more. producers Make more. is that, like, what is it about this movie that people like? What do we, we can either recreate that. And, like, I don't know what lesson could be taken from this movie from like a studio's perspective, that would be in any way positive. Cut out dogs and cats, only birds. I think that's the lesson they're going to take. It's the only pet people like is birds. Um, it's not worth watching. I think if you want to get in on the terrible conversation and memes, sure, watch it. But it is not a good movie. I'm not a big Sandra Bullock fan other than Miss Congeniality and Speed. Uh, and I still am not after this movie. I didn't think there were any standout actors. I, Other than the crazy guy with the drawings, I thought he did very well. He played crazy well. But just like across the board, none of it's logical, none of it makes sense, and none of it's that entertaining. I would say my overall verdict is that I enjoyed Sandra Bullock's performance. If you're a Sandra Bullock completionist, oh um, go ahead and watch the last 30 minutes of this movie. But other than that, I'm going to give it a hard skip. You don't, like, you don't have to run from it. You just have to close. Everyone could go about their normal lives if you just wore a blindfold and shut your eyes. You could walk to work, ignore the whispers in your ears, 
get to work with your windows taped over and do your normal job, go home to your normal family, and you just have your fucking windows taped over. On the opposite end of the spectrum, this KFC box is fucking spot on. Hot contender right out the gate for best food of 2019 that we've done so far. It's a very good box. We said at the beginning of the show, you go to KFC, you're going to get some pretty good food. Yeah. I, I think this is this is good stuff. The mashed potatoes are okay. The coleslaw and biscuit I enjoyed a lot. Mm-hmm. And the chicken, you already know. I mean, KFC star. chicken, it's a, it's a classic. It's a staple of fast food. It is. That, uh, that crispy skin is what it's all about. 11 herbs and spices. I'm very full, and uh, this episode is over. So you can yeah. find the rest of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm, Stitcher, or wherever else you find your podcasts. And feel free to follow us on Instagram at Fast Food Film Friends, or Facebook, uh, Twitter at FFFF Podcast, or uh, email us at fastfoodfilmfriends at gmail.com. And on top of any normal communication you want to get to us, we are having a competition on Instagram right now where if you record a video of yourself wearing a blindfold and correctly identifying all 10 items off of Taco Bell's dollar cravings menu, we will come to wherever you are and shake you until you get your priorities straightened out. Until then, farewell. farewell.